I'm Paul Mitchell, speaker and author. Welcome to Enterprise Radio, your podcast on transformational leadership and out-of-the-box business ideas. In this episode, I'm speaking with Graham Long, who's the pastor and CEO of the Wayside Chapel in Sydney, King's Cross. Along with his wife, Robin, of 37 years and a fantastic team of staff and volunteers, they really do beautiful work in the world. I hope you are as touched as I am by the amazing perspectives on life and love and leadership. Uh, Graham has some wonderful lessons for us all, not just as leaders, but as human beings. And if anyone has helped build the human enterprise, it's surely Graham and his team. So sit back and listen as we hear Graham talk about his perspective on leadership and on life. Well, hi, listeners. It's uh, my absolute pleasure and uh, delight to be with uh, Graham Long. I'm going to let Graham tell you what his role is, um, but this really is um, a bit of a different interview, uh, a different situation from our normal corporate interview, but something that I think that our listeners will really find intriguing, fascinating, and, and hopefully inspiring to um, to really look at their leadership in a new way. So, Graham, welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Graham, could you tell our listeners just what your role is and a little bit about what that actually involves? Um, actually, I had a little kid ask me just recently what I did, not on Sunday, and I couldn't answer. <laughs> um, well, I'm a little kid too, and I'm yeah, asking you the same question. Okay, well, it's just as hard to answer. Uh, so, I, I, my title is CEO slash pastor of the Wayside Chapel in King's Cross. Um, what that means is essentially that I'm the leader. That's what it means. Yeah. That's what I do. I... I I, when I began, there wasn't much to lead. <laughs> it's only about six years ago we had two full-time staff only. Um, today we have 32 and, um, and uh, 340 active volunteers. So it's a fairly busy place. It is a busy place. Seven yeah. days a week. Yeah. Um, but my role, I suppose, especially as we grow, my role is about uh, setting a context and uh, providing the um, parameters within which people can be enthusiastic and achieve what we need to achieve. Yeah, we often have, and I will within some leadership stuff from time to time. One of the our definitions of definitions for leadership is a leader excites people to exceptional performance. Yeah. If ever you have to do that, it's here, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. It's I, I think that I spend nearly all my time. Uh, reminding people about what it is that we do because yeah. it sounds ridiculous but it's the easiest thing in the world to not see what you're looking at here because it's so busy and it's okay. so flat out so you're just getting so locked into the day-to-day busyness mm. rather than forgetting what the higher purpose really is yeah tell us about that in terms of what that higher purpose is for the, for the listeners that don't know you must go to the site it will blow you away <laughs> in terms of how <coughs> magnificent their um, their positioning is in terms of what they do but Graham what is it what is the higher purpose and day-to-day what are some of the services that you provide well um, in terms of mission we can we, we speak at about that at several levels okay. at a kind of a very high level we talk about love over hate yes that's you know that's a little bit hard for people to understand yeah. it's very high level what does love over hate mean to you to, to the way well it's it's very interesting because those words are not used by a welfare agency anywhere in the world no 
um, and churches will use the word love but they'll never use the word hate so you know it's a kind of awkward placing of words in a way yes but if you live here if you if you see what we do and you see somebody literally age 10 years in six months and that literally happens all the time hate is the right word that describes what that person's doing to themselves Wow. And and we bury lots of people. Last year I buried fifty three people, or something fifty four. Um, and and you know everybody should do a few funerals. Like you know, it's it's yes. it really helps you come to terms with lots of things. With who you are and yeah. what you are. And when it's a youngish death or somebody who's taken their life, you you realise in a way that hate is the right word to describe what people do to themselves they yeah. punish themselves yeah um so at a very very high level we say we talk about love over hate and mm. that's on our logo but in more um more in our everyday language we talk about creating a community where there's no us and them okay so, i've seen that on the site too yeah, yeah. And, so and, expand that a little bit yeah oh well it's it's uh, we understand too that in the real world a lot of people need there to be us and them you know so a, a, a corporate person can walk in here and say if those people just worked as hard as I did you know everything would be okay, okay. in the world um, and um, and uh, poor people can say if, you know if those sods would just part with some of their money you know my life would be okay it's, it's equally blind wow. uh, and the truth yeah. is when when you can arrange a meeting between those two, um, both realise there's precious little difference between them. Um, that that uh, the corporate person can walk away saying, actually, that could be me. You know, if I yeah. if I didn't have the backing of parents yeah. or education or whatever yeah. it was, I could easily be in that spot. It seems that somehow everything you do is the uh, they're trying to the yin and the yang, the balance. It sort of, but it all comes together in our humanity. There's, yeah. there's something yeah. that, that there's a you can just sense it here. There's this there's this sense of equalness, yeah. um, love, yeah. hate, yeah. us, them, uh, yeah. and it's patterns. Look, in, in a moment where two people meet, distinctions like homeless and housed, good and bad, um, uh, well and ill, that. They do not apply yeah. when, when you meet. When you really meet, now you you can't maintain a meeting, and you can't actually even make a make a meeting happen. You just have to look for it. Yeah. Um, but when it happens, uh, there really is no them and us. But you, you you can you can you can attain that, and then you will lose it. Yes. You always have to lose it. So it's something for which we always strive. Yeah. Now we we talk about. Also, in our missions, we're still in this up uh, discussion about missions. We also talk about meeting and moving. So, uh, what that means is uh, human beings who've arrived somewhere and are never fully alive. Uh, the only people who are really fully alive are people who are moving. So, it's our goal uh, for people to be in a spot where they're moving. And that includes us, of course. Mm. Um, so, and we think people move um, in a way depending on the quality and the impact of the meeting that takes place. So, that's um, something we talk about in everyday language all the 
and, and in, and in uh, it just seems to me in corporate world so often we might be in a board meeting in a team meeting but we're not meeting each other we're simply in the same room what I what I hear you're saying is we meet there's I think it's a is it a Zulu word the word hello means I see you yeah, and it right. doesn't just mean I, I see you it means I really see you yeah, so, yeah. so moving and the other thing I love too is that uh you know, to be fully alive is to be moving, not yeah. to be stuck. Yeah, that's right. And that's a whole concept of energy going forward yeah, yeah. and taking ownership yourself to what we need to be moving is the wayside chapel, mm. not just the, the people that we're with. Yeah, staff can be just as stuck as a homeless person. Yeah. Um, so if you're stuck and you're stale, you know, you're the problem. Yeah. It doesn't matter whether you're on staff or you're the homeless yeah. person. So, um, you know, it's, it's the quality of the meeting that might take place between somebody who might be very mentally unwell mm. uh, that moves them and moves me. You know, I, I change. I, I'm different yeah. as a result of that meeting. Uh, otherwise, nothing's happening. So can I go there straight away? Because how are you different? I mean, I know you've been here since 2004. And for the listeners, Graham was a postie at one stage. (laughs) We're really digging deep here. But throughout that, still, uh, and I'm assuming this is still the case, married for 37 years. But, um, I mean, you must have, I'm assuming, you must have changed enormously. Um, uh, how How has doing the work that you do affected you? Um... That's a hard question to answer. I, 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 I think um, there's a lot of factors all at once. You know, yeah. there's the work, yeah. there's various life experiences, um, there's age. Yes, yeah. You know, I, I think you can get to an age where you stop being in competition with all the other men in the world and stop trying to seduce all the other women. <laughs> you know, this. Have you this, got there yet, Ryan? Almost. <laughs> I'm well on the way. <laughs> um, so it's 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 lovely to reach an age yeah. where you can see a gorgeous woman, for example, and you know she's looking back at you, thinking, "Look at that poor old burnt out piece of crap over there." But, you know, it's kind of nice, and 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 to not be in competition with others around. You know, I, I in my younger years, actually, I really needed for people to see I was above average. Yeah. I, I you know I didn't have to be the very best, but I, I definitely was above average and I needed you to see it and and I lost a lot of energy trying to prove that and, and I often channeled a lot of energy into things that were more about making the point than doing whatever it was that needed what a wonderful do. lesson for many of the leaders listening yeah. uh, that just because um, it can be corporations can be a very very oh, competitive God, environment where this is happening. yeah 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 look I I you know, when I was working as a social worker, it was true in the public service. When I was working as a minister, it was true. There's high competition between ministers. But one of the most liberating things for me, this is going to sound very odd, is uh, when my son died. I didn't um, know that. I, I, he, he was 30, he had a stroke and he was gone, left behind three little daughters. Um, but what that did for me was loosen the grip I had on a lot of things yeah. that I grip too tightly yeah. you know I, yeah. I now um, happily happily don't care where I live I mm. don't care what I drive I yeah. don't care whether you think I'm doing a good job or not yeah. and I, I am just liberated from that I still do the best I can do yeah. I, you know I, this is a, this is his watch that his daughter my daughter-in-law gave me 
not long after he died. And How long has he been gone? Right? Three years. Three years. Oh. So it's a clunky old thing, but yeah. I wear it. Um, but he's with you. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's right. And in the first year that I started wearing it, it stopped on its own at one minute to midnight. So I've left it there because wow. I think the lesson out of his death is you only live for five minutes and I've only got one left. Yeah. And I, when I'm tempted to drink too much, you know, eat too much, yeah. um, when I'm invited to a talk fest, I look at this watch and think, is that how I want to spend my last minute? God, I'm tearing up here. <laughs> so, we, hopefully we'll get through this and everybody listens. <laughs> that's, uh, that's really something in terms of, uh, wow, the, the, the Lord moves in mysterious ways, his wondrous nature to behold. But what a, what a let, we've only got one minute. Mm. Now, let's, let's use that minute well. Yeah, that's right. And what I, what, I, what I pick up is that by you putting, let's call it ego, whatever it was, to one side, you were able to... Uh, really focus on what was important right. when you when you let go of that competing mm. um, what was it that it enabled you to do because obviously it was burning up a lot of energy um, yeah yeah it, well it's it, it's just a it's just a comfort factor that I don't have to appear to be wise all the time yeah um, that I I can take correction of others around about me right. I can see that what they want is a is a better outcome rather than to tick me off or to put me in my place. Gotcha. Yeah. And and I'm okay with that, you know, I'm 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 happy to give ground if I have to give ground. Right. Um, but I'm comfortable that I know what I know. Yeah. So um, that I have a contribution and that it's it's a valuable contribution. But it just is what it is. Yeah. So, you know, this this one minute left thing isn't fatalism for me. It's not No. It, it, it's it's empowerment. Yeah. It's it's uh, I look forward to the last few seconds of my last minute with with great uh, anticipation. Yeah. Talking more like a Buddhist here than a United States. Is there a mixing of the faiths here? <laughs> maybe, but maybe not really. Yeah. I, I'm, I I I really do um, stand on Christian ground, but I'm not many people have accused me of being religious. But um, for me. Uh, it's it's very healthy to think of yourself as terminal, yeah. Um, and then you live better. Yeah. It's it, it's planning and saving as if you live forever is is a way of ripping you off from the life from that the present. Got. Yeah. yeah. And one of the things we often say to the leaders on our workshop is don't because they're often coming with having to think or trying to be a great leader mm. and one of our lines is don't, don't set out to be a great leader that's hubris or ego mm. gone mad mm. set out to do something of greatness yeah, set out yeah. to make a difference okay. and, there's, and there's a big difference yes, it's night and day yeah. so what's the main difference you think that you make in the world of the people that you you'll work with both your team and <coughs> the actual uh, people in the community that you're, you're very much a part of <laughs> um <laughs> Are you asking a question about outcomes? I, yeah, outcomes, um, yeah. No, 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 not so much outcomes. It doesn't even have to be outcomes. Like, the difference that it makes yeah. to them, like the feedback that you get rather than... Well, look, we... we in terms of um, lives turned around, we probably see more dramatic evidence of, of lives turned around than most people do. Mm. I, I think we see more of it than people who are absolutely outcome-driven. Mm. Um, so... Um, on your way in, I could have introduced you to a bloke who's uh, dressed smartly and got a good job 
uh, teaching safety. Um, he's better paid than I am. And uh, two years ago, he was a urine-soaked drunk, just uh-huh. living on the street. You would step over him on your way to work. He's doing great. He's, he's, he hasn't reconciled with his wife, that'll never happen, but two of his three daughters he has reconciled with. He's living in his own little unit. He's got a very good job. He's doing great. So we, we see a certain amount of yes, that. Yeah. But, but uh, we also see a fair bit of uh, the back door, which is death. And, you know, I, I did a funeral a little while ago for which nobody, nobody came. Nobody. How sad. Um, and it was a man who some of us knew by sight, but he was Hungarian and had a very strong accent. And he never asked for anything at all. He would only come into the building when it rained because he was looking for shelter. But otherwise, he never he kept to himself. And when he died, there was nobody who knew anything about him at all. So I did this funeral, and there was a coffin, and me, and I press-ganged a couple of people from around here to come with me to give that man as dignified exit as we could. And in my view, we did a very good thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's a it's an honour to kind of stand with people, even at the back door, yeah. know, even when it's all over, or even when it looks like failure. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of lot of homeless people who think of us as next of kin, and and up at the hospital when they're hospitalised, they actually name us as next, next of kin, kin. Oh. and and we <laughs> rush up there, and we pretty much do everything a next of kin would do. And I'm very proud of that. I, you know, I think that's mm. that's uh, marvelous. So we, you know, we get plenty of encouragement about lives being turned around. But the point, the point of our involvement is hoping for the meeting rather than yes being driven towards yeah. an outcome. I remember for the listeners, when I first heard Graham speak, and you might like to expand on this. That the concept is that we don't. Don't have the philosophy of coming in trying to cure anybody. Uh, I may have got the words incorrect, but it was like we meet people where they are. We meet people where they're at. Do you yeah. want to expand on that as a as a as a philosophy or a leadership? I, I used to threaten that we'd have a flashing sign out the front saying we don't fix anything. <laughs> <laughs> I say that to provoke thinking um, because the truth of the matter is most people feel alone. By the time they get through our education system and compete in the open world and fail in some way, most people, certainly most people who walk into Wayside feel alone. And if you can overcome that, most people will move towards health under their own steam. Mm. You can watch it happen, Mm. uh, physically watch it happen. So we don't meet people with clipboards and boxes to tick so Mm. that we can find out what kind of problem are you in order that we can secure our funding for the next six months. We we hope to meet you. And if if somebody walks out of here feeling met rather than worked on, then we've had a very good day. Um, Wow, that's just uh, what an amazing concept for so much of our performance management systems and constructive criticism and so forth in terms of obviously important to keep skilling people up but were they developed were they met rather than worked on absolutely and look that's so important and it's it's kind of against our culture because mm. 
pragmatism's in the oxygen, yeah. and that's the way we are. Yeah. And, and I'm not arguing against being pragmatic. I'm just making an argument that we get first things first. That's all. Um, and it, 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 to be realistic, I need to give you one other distinction, which is okay. really important. Thank you. And that is, we fix things all day long. Yeah. You know, we give people showers and yeah. changes of clothes, and you know, we fix, 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 fix. But here's a distinction you must get, and that is, you you can meet someone in order to fix a problem, or you can fix a problem in order to meet someone. And the distinction Wonderful. is totally different. Yeah. And I get staff and I see them working yeah. and I can see the point of their work is to fix a problem. And I write out for them a written guarantee for their burnout date. <laughs> because it isn't fun. It's not fun. Yeah. Um, whereas if you fix problems in the hope of meeting someone, sooner or later you will. And that'll be good news for you and good news for them. So fixing the problem in order to meet them, not to fix them. Yeah, yeah. yeah big yeah. difference. So all the difference in one. Does that philosophy also um, tap into the way you work with your team? You've over 30 team members here and uh, almost 300 uh, you know, uh, volunteers. How does the philosophy of the way you work with your, your broader community work with your team? I, I try to be both kind of gentle and provocative most of the time. So... Um, I, I challenge people all the time, most especially about their language, because right. I think a lot of the language we use, that people normally use, works against our mission. So why, why use language that works against our mission? So people come here and they get a job and they're fresh out of university and they want to call people they meet here clients. And, and I like to challenge that. Mm. I don't rouse them. I don't say you're wrong, but... Um, if, if you've got in front of you a client, then you must be an expert. And experts never meet clients. They never meet. So you're creating a barrier. You're creating us and them. Mm. Most of these clients have names. You know, If you need a collective noun, call them people. Yeah. Um, it's, just, it's just we're blind to the need in us uh, to prop up our own self-esteem by making sure... On where this side yeah, no, no intention, yeah. and yet even without the intention, you can still do damage. Um, see, in very few agencies, and I challenge you to to go through the helping profession anywhere you like. You find out how many people jump the jump the desk. In other words, they come in as a patient or a client and finish up as a doctor or a worker. It happens here, though. Uh, we've, uh. we've got people and staff who walked in here on their hands and knees yeah. as heroin addicts. Yeah. And they end up as very good staff. It doesn't happen quickly. Yeah. It's a long process. but um, And that's because, in the end, when there's a meeting, it's a meeting between equals, not yeah. between clients and experts, yeah. but human beings. What are the elements of that? It, it seems to me, if, if to create more human enterprises, it's almost like the number one thing we have to do. The human part comes before the enterprise. Uh, and I know there's no formula, no magic pill, um, when when you do get those meetings, you know those real good connections. What what do you, uh, are there elements of it that you see? I, look, it's it, it's. I hesitate to use the word magic, but it's kind of magic. Yeah. Um, yeah. You could use the word grace. Um, yeah. It's like it's like you're performing a role, and then suddenly somebody's with you. It almost always is a surprise. 
It's mm. so if you're living your life with no room for surprises, you will miss out. Mm. Because I, you know, just harking back to the my son again, you know, that I've had three years in the shower of, of being able to reflect on did I love him enough? Yeah, and I look back and I've trawled back through as many happy memories as I can and in nearly every case that that happy memory occurred I was busy doing something else and this this came into my life as an intrusion so I can't tell you now what it was that I was doing but I value the intrusion above it all else Interesting. so yeah. I think what I was doing now I look back on it I think it's piffle about piffle yeah. But no doubt I thought I was saving the world at the time. Yeah. Um, but it seems to me it, when this moment happens, wherever it happens, it comes at you as a surprise. If you could make it happen, you'd be manipulating somebody. Yeah. So it, it, you know, and that wouldn't be equal. So it's almost like, one, just... Uh, just welcome the surprises um, yeah. and and don't be and the other thing is maybe just even create the space where they can happen yeah. uh, is possibly uh, something that we all we all need to do I, I wonder I see a lot of the meetings the ones that I think go well in the corporate <coughs> area were where we we have a cup of tea before we go into the meeting room. It's, it's our, that sounds like a silly thing to say, but there's a bit of that chat. Um, and it's almost like we'll come into the meeting room and, yeah, we know we've got a meeting, but we're, we're meeting each other beforehand. Um, yeah, look, meetings rarely happen in meetings. Yeah. Um, the, you know, the church has perfected meetings without meeting. Um, but um, they happen at the... You know, most days some kind of meeting happens. And it's... All it is is somebody has surprised you. Like yeah. yesterday, it was drizzling and a man walked in with his big dog and he said to me, can I come in here with my dog? He said he's a Protestant. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked at the dog and the dog had this face that was like saying... Like a Catholic? <laughs> he said, well, you know, he called me a Catholic when I was around at the priest. That's right. <laughs> and, you know, that's a meeting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, you can't be an expert in a moment like that. Yeah. You have to laugh, or you have to acknowledge yeah. the cheekiness of this bloke. And I, just uh, for listeners, uh, you probably get a sense of just Graham's cheekiness here, and uh, <laughs> just your love of life. Um, um, it, it just you know, with everything that you've seen, mm. uh, with everything you know, that many funerals, the death of your of your beautiful boy, and yet there's still something that, mm. that's coming across is this 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 love of life. Mm. Um, what what keeps that going? Um, um, I don't know. I don't know. I think I, I look. I think it's just a gift somehow. Yeah. It's, for me, it's tied up with faith. I. I be hard for me to separate it yeah. from that. It's not uh, positive thinking. No. Um, in fact, um, I, you know, I think one of the problems with the world is that we're living mostly we live in bubbles, and and the bubbles you can put these bubbles together doesn't mean to say you've got a social life. Um, <laughs> you've just got bubbles together, and and there's a lot of um, there's a lot of expense we go to to medicate people in their bubbles so that they'll live their isolated life in comfort Um, and there's a lot of gurus around who want to give you positive messages so that you can fill your bubble with positive messages but I I see that our mission is all about calling you out of the bubble 
and there's risk in that and there's pain in that um, but that's where life is calling us out of the bubble so the the job of a leader is to sort of you know, wake people up to the bubbles they're in, call them out of it. And but and, and it just seems that you have you always had this. I'll call it a sense of humour. I don't mean to make it a patronising mm. comment, but there just seems to be this uh, this lilt to you. Yeah, like, yeah. I, look, I've, I think I've always had it. I think I probably got it from my father. I expect. Um, and it hasn't always served me well. <laughs> right. <laughs> I can imagine you as a kid in high school. Or something. <laughs> Oh yeah, and and look in the days when I was trying to still prove something to the world, I I would sometimes overdo the humour, and it would be inappropriate and more about me trying to prove a point of some right. kind, right? Uh, than being uh, just uh, responding to what's genuinely funny. Yeah, and rather right. than trying to prove a point or to be funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah look, I, I I think funny things happen, and yeah. it's. it's it's just funny, you know, yeah. and I, 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 and and beautiful things are there to be seen too. They're all around us, and it's a, just a question that, in fact, I think beauty's, you know, trying to bust into these bubbles. It's, yeah, you know, you don't have to go searching for a god who's everywhere to be found. Mm. You know, it's it's everywhere. Yeah, um, and and you don't have to be religious about it either. You know, the breeze coming through the window or the light or whatever it is. Mm. Is a gift for you, um, and I I just uh, I, I like to find something funny each day, and it, it finds me usually. Yes. Like the man with the dog yesterday. Yeah. yeah. I was in a meeting once, and a guy came in and said, uh, and it was "With board members, so it was a relatively weighty meeting." And this fellow came in and he said, "I don't owe any money on the MIG," and I thought. That's a relief because trying to run a jet fighter when you're homeless is <laughs> you know, awfully expensive. It, you know, it can be problematic. So we had a cup. Of, when I left the meeting, I found him. We had a cup of coffee to celebrate that there was no debt on his meat. You know, but I, I find that kind of thing. Yes, just had a Korean meal together. <laughs> you know, it's just lovely. You yeah. know, so, and they're they're just endless. Those sort of things just happen all the time. And so if we if we move. Um, if we look at that whole community is, uh, and, the, and the connection that you've made, how do you hold on to that community and face the reality that there are leadership jobs to be done, there's tasks to be done, there's, there's standards to be upheld, it's still um, a business, admittedly uh, yeah. a, 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 a... Money to be found. Money to be found, money yeah. to be made. Uh, what's the balance there between mission and, as they say, you know, the, the missions in the margin and, and actually running a good business? Um, uh, I think uh, I think the primary the primary thing is about direction I really do think the primary thing for the leader is you know the boat's going this way yes um, and it is about saying you know it's, it's like an ocean liner not like a speedboat you turn the steering wheel yep. and there's no evidence that this thing's moving but you know it's moving you're right right um, and you say to people, we're going this way and we'll tolerate 10% difference here, but 30% and you're going to fall off this boat. Right. Um, so there is a, I, you know, this thing about knowing yeah. who we are, what we're doing yeah. and where we're going is important. Um, it's also true that you have to run business meetings and keep minutes and they have to be accurate and 
uh, we have to deliver on what we said we'd do yesterday and all of that's very unromantic uh, but necessary I, I have all kinds of strange language to, to try and describe what that is um, but for me for me you, for me you have to manage but you can't manage and maintain the salvation you know you, you have to you have to manage it's like I love my wife 40 years we've been married now she's a beautiful girl and um, and it really is I'm, without any kidding you it's better now than 40 years ago and I'm lucky in that way and every now and then I I see her I see Robin as if I've never seen her before and the essence of what it means to have this partner breaks into my life in a new and fresh way but you can't make love and wash the car <laughs> you know you can't do that and yeah. go shopping I would never try and I don't think she'd be in it um, so so you have to s- suspend that you have yeah. to let that go yeah. and go and do the shopping yeah and that's unromantic yeah. you cannot get romantic about shopping oh, I yeah. can't yeah. to me shopping's one of the evils of the world you know it's, I, our marriage would be a lot stronger if I never went shopping I hate it but you know, it may not to, be yeah, it just has to be done so I, I think um, there are a lot of governance issues which I find tedious um, but I know that if your governance is bad yeah. It, then, then your mission isn't mm. about anything real. It's, it's a fairy story. Yeah. So you have to have both. Yeah. That's a probably very bad explanation. Well, no, it's because I think it ties in very well. Where you set that direction, yeah. and you know that uh, yes, there'll be some you know you're sailing off to some wonderful islands, whatever that might be. But you've still got to put fuel in the and yeah. the uh, in, in the yeah. boat or whatever. And it may be the unromantic part of it, but unless you do that, yeah. uh, the romance is not going to. For me personally, that means. I call people around me who are strong where I'm weak. Right. Okay. So I know where I'm good yeah. and I'm good at setting the direction. Mm. I, I need people to call me to account. On that. Others. How do you do that? We talk about one of our programs called Why Should Anyone Be Led By You? Um, it's a great question because it assumes that you know it's about fellowship, not necessarily about leadership. And um, one thing you've already talked about is the importance of community. The other one we, we mentioned is the importance of authenticity. Mm. And part of that is to share vulnerabilities or allowable weaknesses, mm. not as a technique, mm. but because if you don't, if you really care, you'll share those so yeah. people can get behind you yeah. and, and get what's done. What are some of those allowable weaknesses that you have and, and how do you get your team on board to compensate for them? Um, um, I, I try to be careful to correct my own tendency for exaggeration. Um, so if I've said something and I, I think, I think, you know, I, I wasted five years of my life studying ancient Hebrew once and Greek and, and you enter those ancient minds and you can see that they don't deal with literal anything everything's a picture yeah. and my mind naturally thinks like that right. I'm, I'm very comfortable in painting you a picture right. rather than communicating to you here's, here's the facts um, uh, which is a big problem actually at times right. it's a big problem yeah. and I've, I've had to sometimes I've said ABCDE and then I've thought about it a second after that. And then I've had to come back and say, I said to you A, B, C, D, E, but actually 
A and B weren't there. I just made that part up. Right. Um, and there's there's a fair bit of loss of face yeah. there. Are you more aware of that now, or do you frame, <coughs> do you frame things? We often encourage. Look, this is a thought, not a plan. This yeah. is an idea, not a plan yeah. at this stage. I'm just talking out loud here. Do you yeah. have you learned to frame it, or, or I, I think so. I think I do better than I used to. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm I'm more aware of the limitations of what I say mm. than I used to be. Um, I also. Uh, I also am more comfortable at saying I've got something wrong or oops or I can yeah. be corrected and yeah. that's okay. Um, and and I, I quickly recognise where people are stronger than me mm. and I'll have a go and say, now what do you think of that? Yeah. <laughs> you know? But there are there seems to me there are some things though that although you might say that you know there's that there's that broader picture, but some things you're quite precise on, like mm. language, for example. Oh yeah. And, and so it's almost like there's a there's a duality here, yeah, yeah. And because language builds a culture. It does. Um, and and it, 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 and I'm not saying that you go and beat people up, yet I think you get the importance of words that carry emotion. And Can I, you talk a bit more about that? Because I think that's a that's a that's a great thing for leaders wanting yeah. to build a culture in their own business. Yeah. Well, for me, it's it's not about emotion. It's it's about it's about a mission. Right. It's about what could be. Um, um, none of my concern about language is so that you'll have an experience of our mission at all. It's, so all, ha- okay. it's all about pulling you out of that bubble right. where experience takes place right. and putting you into the mission so you have to move. Yes, yeah. Um, now, sometimes we use words that um, which give you an experience and isolate you from the mission yeah. and I'm, I'm not interested in that yeah. I, I don't want to give anybody an experience of God when yeah. they come to church yeah. that's the last thing I want to give them yeah. I want to call them out of their bubble yeah. and into uh, active real embodied for our listeners I've got to tell you I rocked up here I did take my tie off I rocked up here <laughs> my, my coat and whatever and the first thing Graham said put your gear down we're going to have a look at the place yeah. and so it was almost like uh, bringing me out of my bubble yeah. and I, I'm wondering you know, are there some ways that that maybe leaders can help um, the, the the people that they're working with, their teams, their clients, their suppliers, to to bring them out of their bubbles? Have you seen ways of doing that? We touched on it before, but in a corporate sense, uh, I think it's a never-ending, you know, it's an everyday kind of a deal. And I I don't think just because I did this work reasonably well, and I think I did, yeah, and and I think this was a communal effort. I yes. get a lot of the glory for a lot of other people's effort. Right. Um, which I'm just letting me get away with for the moment. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't make me a leader of all things. Yeah. Um, and I, uh, you know, if the mission was to make money, I don't think I would have done such a good job. Right. Um, so I just happen to be a good fit for this. What I would say, I think, that is probably common across a lot of situations is that I think leadership is a very important part of leadership is that it's given to you it has mm. there has to be people who say you are a leader yeah rather than you know the world's full of people who are saying I'm a leader where's yeah. my followers yeah so you know there is this kind of given thing mm. and the other is I think it's largely like comedy it's mm. it's about timing you know it's what I did eight years ago is quite different to what I did four years ago which is quite different to what I do now. Mm. So, or you may do in four years' yeah, time, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So it's 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 timing, and you know there are times when, um, in order to get to where we needed to go, 
um, a, a certain amount of bluff element was present. Yeah. But I, I think that was needed at the time. I, and I look back on that and think it was probably needed. Yeah. And, and I was right to do that. So um, moving on to how you, I mean, there's so much uh, uh, passion, so much energy, so much heart, grace for, for the mission. And yet one of the things we um, really uh, stress with our own leaders is to, is to, you know, get life in balance. Not even in balance, get life for what it is. I'm wondering how do you get your balance? Because although this is the mission and who you are, uh, it's also so important to recharge yourself, to renew yourself. Is there any delineation there or is it just boundaryless for you? <laughs> and I wonder how Robert feels about that. Um, Robin and I are different on almost every question in life, which is why we're a good team. Mm. She sees the books I read and thinks, you know, you are a sick unit. <laughs> and the feeling's entirely mutual, but we're, you know, we're a good team because of the difference. Um, uh, there are, there are compartments, and uh, the biggest, the biggest break um, is is when I'm with my grandchildren. I'm, I'm a different bloke. Yeah. My son has three daughters. Yeah. And uh, in their presence, I'm probably never more animated than in their presence. Oh. Um, because, for a lot of reasons, but partly because they're him. Yes, of course. And, yeah. and I just come to life. I'd, I'd hand over my credit cards or anything they want. You yeah. know, I'm just hopeless. I, I, I took one of them... Well, I picked them up. My highlight is I try every Friday afternoon to pick them up from school, right. and they live way over west. So that I, I try and take Friday off if I can, because yeah, yeah. um, I work Saturday and Sunday. So um, I go and pick them up from school, and on the way home we buy ice blocks and stuff because Mum would never do that. And um, a couple of weeks ago, my seven-year-old said to me, "You know, going through this ice cream fridge," she said, "Do you want one, Papa?" I said, oh, sweetheart, I'm too fat. She said, you were too fat last week and you had one. <laughs> <laughs> Out of the mouths of babes. <laughs> and it never stops. Yeah. And, you know, from them, it's a surprise a minute. Yeah. A minute, it's just fun. Mm. So that's my biggest yeah. separation. Um, to me, there's sort of distinctions inside of Wayside as well. So there are some things which... I really work. There are some things I do that when I, you know, if I go to a, mostly if I go to an executive meeting here or a board meeting, that's work. I never ever seem to think that's fun. Um, that's just work. So I apply yeah. myself to it as best I can and in a work attitude. But you know, we do church on Sunday, and that's that's my community. I don't I don't feel like that's work, right. even though I have to prepare for it. It's 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 he's a different kind of a thing and it gives me life and and when i sit out the front there just to meet whoever that's purely about life yeah it's yeah about work yeah so just because you happen to be at work doesn't mean it's it's working yeah, it doesn't right? mean there's it a delineation yeah. between the, yeah. the different things um it, it would be great to talk about um on the trip that we did there was a, a group um, an education group and um, Graham was this is for Alyssa's Graham was talking to me about 
sometimes bringing corporations in here or middle managers or whatever just to see what you do and to get a a whole to remove themselves from the bubble <coughs> maybe talk about that and, and how that that works um, about removing the bubble uh, the, well how, how I guess you've got uh, you've got corporate the corporate c- coming in here and yeah. sometimes they might be in a bubble and not yeah, know yeah, yeah. the sort of work actually for people who aren't used to being here just walking in is a little bit of a call out of your bubble yeah because it, it can be a bit threatening just to walk in so we've we've, we've got our we've got one up on you even before we start talking to you <laughs> <laughs> so we we corporates send us their middle managers and um, they're people who live on you know shiny desks and shiny floors and they walk in here and it's a bit confronting and we just spend a morning educating them about what we do and what's the kind of scenario that makes um, somebody walk into Wayside. We take them for a walk around this King's Cross area and then we get them, which is usually a team of about a dozen people, to uh, throw lunch for homeless people. And they have to... It's a sit-down lunch. So they prepare lunch, but they have to sit down with the homeless people. And, and meet them. And meet yeah, them and yeah, share yeah, lunch yeah, together. Yeah. Now, you know, you can't make that meeting happen, but what you can be sure of is by the time they walk out of here, they have spoken with an ice addict and a male prostitute and a female prostitute and an alcoholic. And, and it all happens easily over lunch. Yeah. And by the time they leave here there's a fair chance that they're grounded. Even if they didn't meet anyone, mm. uh, they have been called out of their bubble. Mm. And the kind of political wrangles that seem to loom large in shiny desk world uh, take a perspective. So, uh, But if you're lucky, if you're lucky, they walk out of here thinking, geez, that could be me. Yeah. Um, yeah, but for the grace of God. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Mostly they walk in, I think, thinking... If these people worked hard like I did, yeah, you know, and they leave thinking God, yeah. And the lesson there is just the judgments, <coughs> the judgments that we make without an understanding yeah. and, and without tolerance. Mm. Um, and if ever there was love over hate, uh, mm. that's that's what you're doing there. We have a set of values which um, which um, I articulated, and we use to teach, especially volunteers, but staff as well, to. Uh, and what, what are those or some of those right? uh, well we've got five right. five commandments the easiest way to articulate it is we say no secrets no cowboys no rush no complacency and no judges right yeah so uh, no secrets is we don't have an agenda other than to create a community between where there's no us and them that's there's no absolute transparency. We're not trying to sign you up to become a Christian or a Buddhist yeah. or anything. Yeah. That what we say is really what we're here for. No cowboys. If you happen to be somebody who knows exactly what somebody needs, and you're the only one in the wide world that knows what they need, you're in the wrong place mm-hmm. because it's a contradiction to who we are. Yeah. That you can't work collaboratively. Mm. So, people who have all the answers in the world. Uh, are definitely in the wrong place, mm. and and of course, um, it, it, you know, there's a lot of fundamentalist Christians that we weed out. Um, 
who have those answers. Yeah, because they've got the answer to everything. Mm. They, they, the fact that it almost sounds like having all the answers is one of the biggest liabilities you can have. Well, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, uh, someone who comes in and says, Jesus is the answer, we show them the door. Mm. As we'd say, Jesus is the question. Yeah. Um, I had a couple of funders who came in one day, husband and wife, and they said, we think you're doing a great job here, Pastor, but these people need to be saved. I said, I know, I'm saving them from you. <laughs> so no secrets, no cowboys, no rush. Now cowboys is the ego part, isn't yeah, it? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. If you're the only one with wisdom. Yeah, right. You know, we have to work collaboratively. Yeah. And so uh, no rush means um, uh, you can't make this happen. There, there is no brilliant trick you can do that's going to create a meeting. Mm. You you have to wait. Yeah. And if somebody isn't ready, tough luck. Yeah. They're not ready. Yeah. And you have to respect that. Um, no complacency. There's, you, I can say all this in the positive, but it's actually easier to remember. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it catches on the most. Yeah. So no complacency means that we have to be on the lookout. So no rush doesn't mean we don't give a shit. Yeah. Um, no complacency in other words you're looking all the time for that spark of life or for maybe today is the day that that alcoholic's really sick of being sick Mm. and today's the day Mm. so we don't think we're running an intensive care unit for people who need life support Mm. we're looking for people to be called out of their bubbles and to move yeah. Um, we we're not shy about um, banning people for three months. We're not shy about, about banning people. Yeah. 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 Um, if you you know, it requires a basic amount of respect. Um, we don't give away free food. You know, it's, this isn't this isn't intensive care. Mm. This isn't come in and be a patient and we we'll look after yeah. you. This is this is about a call to life. And a call to is it, is it is it a call to because so many people would come in and say oh if they took more responsibility it's it, it's it's it feels like there's this getting people to take that but not somehow pushing it I'm not quite I'm articulating yeah, that well yeah, but yeah. what's the balance well, there? Well, see if you if you if you live in the pragmatic world where everybody says this is all your fault yeah you know it reinforces how alone you actually are right and you are alone yeah. and then what you do is either give up and die or you fight everybody in the world mm. you know mm. Mm. I, how do you have your coffee I have nine sugars don't stir it I don't like it sweet you know it's all your fault you know and every if, if all you people get up off your asses and work for me I'd be okay so we we <laughs> just take a different approach to all of that yeah um, where it, it means there's no rush but there's no complacency mm. so we're looking all the time yeah um and the last one was no judges, no judges yeah. which is which is not I'm very careful to say no judges rather than no judgment, because we're making judgments all, all the time. time. Yeah, and we, that's why I say we're happy to kick somebody out. Mm. If you an act of violence, you're gone. Yeah. And you know that's a harsh thing because that's no shower, and you know, and no support for a long time. But you know, stiff you. Yeah, it's this is this really is about jolting you out of that bubble. Yeah. Um, so, but a judge is somebody who sits on high and makes pronouncements rather than being with. Yeah. 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 So it, it, it seems that it's a big sense of uh, what's not just 
not the individual but the community too because if you, you you're just you're sinning against yourself there's love over hate mm. but the actual concept of actually making people realize they're part of a larger community mm. too what's your work with the community talk about how, how do you interface with the broader community apart from the King's Cross um, community well we we work fairly hard to be good neighbors at lots of levels right. um, so we don't see ourselves as the answer to anything in the world you know we see ourselves as what we are, which is, yeah. you know, but we don't see ourselves as the cure for everything. Yeah. So um, we're very, very glad that psychiatrists exist, but this isn't the place for them. So we refer people up and we use, we've got a close relationship with St Vincent's um, and social workers and every kind of agency. We, we're very busy working with other people yeah. all the time at that level. We're also uh, constantly calling the wider community in. So we, we do lots of activities that are not problem-focused. We have a playgroup here for you know, wealthy mothers, really, mostly, although we, we sneak a few homeless people in. Um, a playgroup for little children. So on Mondays here, there's a playgroup with about 100 mums and little kids, and they just dance and sing. And, mm. you know, there's no problem-focus at all. Mm. Uh, and, and we... And if a homeless person objects and says, you know, this place is for homeless people, we say, well, no, it isn't. This is, this is a place for community. Community, And yeah. everybody has yeah. to make room. Yeah. And, and, and when that happens, you know, the wealthy are better off realising this is my brother and sister. Mm. And the poor are better off because 80% of what we do is funded by them. Mm. Um, so that's at that level. At another level, again, we constantly uh, call the world out there into this into this project of making community wow. so I send out a weekly note and that goes to 7,000 people when I press send and uh, and I read that on the ABC every week yes and yeah, it just it goes wild it just goes yeah. everywhere yeah. and it's had a big impact yeah. and, and that's the text in that book and you know it's, it's just a little note there's nothing remarkable about it yeah. there's no secrets in there at all yeah. it's just calling people into this project where we say look this is your brother and your sister yeah. and you know that's our message and you talked about the always being it's like a, like a what's next yes we're doing it great but it'll be different next year yeah. is there uh, do you have some sort of an idea of where you'd like I mean there's a lot going on here for the listeners there's a, there's a, a great new building with all sorts of um, and a building that's been done up with all sorts of possibilities and so forth, but I'm, it's not just about the building. I'm just wondering, is there a, a, a vision for the next two or three years about where you'd like to be? Yeah, yeah, we have a strategic plan. Right. Um, we've had two of those, and um, the first one, we ticked every box on every dream we ever had, which was astonishing, I have to say. I've never never seen it quite well. It's so pretty rare in the corporate world to do yes, that too. So, yeah. It was rare. Um, with the help of a lot of good people, but we, we ticked every box, every box. Um, there's a, a, a currently another strategic plan which has another two years to run, and uh, I think we're going to come awfully close to ticking every box there again. And then I'm thinking succession plan. I'm, I'm thinking that might be about it for me. Right, right. Um, I don't really know what's next. Yeah. Um, and I have next to no concern about what that what next means for me. Yeah, I've got some concern about what that might mean for Wayside. For so, Wayside, yeah. Um, well, Ted I, probably would have had the same concerns too. Yeah. So yeah. if we look at it 
you yeah. know, in that way. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's it's. Um, oh look, it's it'll be in lots of other hands other than mine, and I'm, mm. I don't need to be overly anxious about it. Right. Um, but I, in my view, it's a. It's, we're talking sort of three years. Right. Um, and and we'll be in a much stronger place. And I, uh, in my view, I won't be the one doing the next strategic plan. Right. Um, but we will have come a long way. Yeah. In, in ten years. And and and, uh, and and an amazing way in which is uh, was it nineteen? I'm trying to remember the actual year that you started. Nineteen sixty four. Sixty four. And I can remember very much the some of the um, uh, the school campaign too. I just forget what it was called. The uh, the life education. Life education. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that still uh, still going? Well, in fact, it's a. I think it's about a ninety million dollar a year program, separate to us now. Right. Um, and they're in most schools around the state and they're around the world actually yeah. strong in the UK right. uh, and I believe that was started here or the yeah, idea yeah. was started here rather than to to wait until there's something comes up to, to early education about your body and, the, and the lots of stuff started here yeah Charlie Perkins and not all right. that work with Aboriginal yeah. people and the Freedom Rides all that all started here wow um, the, uh, lots of uh, minds got together to reform the family law act and all those discussions started here yeah. it's um, a lot of things started here mm. and life education was literally running from here only when it began mm. and schools used to send groups here and the, the little mannequin that Ted bought that I can remember the mannequin I yeah, saw it yeah, we've yeah. got the original one oh, isn't that great I tried to sell it back yeah. to when we were, at one stage when I was looking for money um, <laughs> I tried to sell it back to life education at the price of a king's ransom and they wouldn't be in it <laughs> next time so I've kept it for history and uh, so we've got the original mannequin so if there's life education there's also leadership education is there any um, and I know you probably don't see yourself in this in this light but if there was any lessons that that you'd love leaders to at least think about in the corporate world to create what we call more human enterprises you've got the business you've got the enterprise and you've got that human part what would they be um, uh, I really don't know that I am an expert at, on that. And I know you don't like to put yourself in that yeah, role either. Um, on our board are all heavy-hitting executives from the business world. And um, it's been such an honour to get to know them and see how they work and um, and understand a bit of their world. Yeah. The financial sector's in another world altogether. Um, and... I, I can see that there are some issues that we have in common around leadership, and I think, I think that they think I'm I'm a reasonable leader in this situation. None of them would want to lead this. <laughs> well, they probably couldn't. <laughs> the chairman of the board says that the first thing he'd do if he was in my spot is get rid of those homeless people out the front. <laughs> You know, he he was the CEO of BT, and he's on all sorts of boards and things. And he's a fine man, perfect, perfect fit for chairman of our board. Um, It's a whole story about. Has the I mean, you know, sometimes being on how's the board going to help the the business, the 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 charity? Has the how has the business affected them? Have you seen? I think they would say profoundly. Yeah, I. I think they would say that 
it's hard to judge, but I think they well they've stuck with it. Yeah. And they've copped a lot of pain that yeah. they didn't need to cop. Yeah. And it's cost them all some money as well. Yeah. Um, it's cost some of them a lot of money. Mm. Um, so you, there's, it's a fair guess that it's given back to them. I I think uh, I th- think they would say they felt like they've made a contribution back into the real world or if that's not the right word that certainly into a bubble they're into another out of the bubble that they uh, it certainly pulls them out of their bubble yeah and um, and and I they obviously believe in what we do Mm. and and they are people of very good heart you know they are real human beings who whose whose wealth they don't seem to advertise, you know, they're, they're very wealthy people, but mm. um, I found it a great honour. Look, the, the one who struggled with that sort of issue was me to begin with, because I'd never related to very wealthy people before, mm. um, and, and I was the one that had to overcome something to mm. work out these were just human beings. Yeah. And um, <coughs> I, I, I would be interested actually at a board meeting, I might do this now that you've given me the idea, sometime before I leave, it's to whip around the board and say, what difference does this make? Yeah, yeah. Uh, And I think they would mostly say profoundly. Mm. So, So, um, on that note of profanity, (laughs) or profoundness, uh, maybe we should uh, come to a close here. Is there anything else you'd like to say about Wayside Chapel? I certainly would like to ask um, and we'll certainly put on the site about how people can get in touch and so forth. Is there a, so a couple of things? Is there a way people could contribute either financially or via their services to you? And how would they do that? Right? Um, we'd probably find a way for people to contribute financially. <laughs> um, we'll make a way. Yeah. <laughs> um, look, money's always a worry. Uh, 80% of our funding is through private donation. 80%, that's quite unusual. Um, and and very few people want to fund what's unromantic. Mm. Nobody says to you, here's a bundle of money, get your staff trained or equipped. Nobody does that. Yeah. Everybody wants to see some hard piece of evidence that my money bought this. Yeah. Um, so it's, you know, it's, it's never ending. And, and if, if, so very keen for money at all times. But there are lots of ways in which to get involved. And the easiest way is to jump onto the website, I guess. Um, People can get involved in a voluntary way because we've always got lots of volunteer roles. Um, But we do put people through the hoops. It takes... You have to go to an orientation night and then it takes about six to eight weeks after that in while we check references right. and uh, do police checks and all that kind of thing. Yeah. It's almost like applying for a job. Right. And, and some people get a little impatient and think, well, I'm volunteering my time. Why don't you just open the door? But we're much fussier than that. Of course, yeah, have to yeah. be. Yeah. So certainly we'll put that, uh, we'll put that website uh, address up. Um, and any final things you'd like to say about uh, the world wayside or what a beautiful day it is? I think we've covered the whole world. <laughs> the whole gamut yeah, we have yeah, to. Uh, Graham, thank you very, very much um, for one, for the interview, and secondly, for 
uh, for meeting me, <laughs> and I mean meeting me, not just meeting me, and also hopefully uh, to, to help the leaders meet, meet themselves and to, and to better meet others and, and to create more human enterprises. And have a Thank superb you. day. Yeah, Thank, Thank you. you. Wow, don't you just love his five ground rules? So simple, but so powerful. Imagine if we had those in our own teams. No secrets, no cowboys, no rush, no complaints, no judges. And all the other lessons as well. Well, thanks again for listening to Enterprise Radio and to Graham. We'd love you to post your comments and thoughts or questions on our blog at thehumanenterprise.com. To know more about our transformational leadership and engagement services, please give us a buzz on Sydney, Australia, 02-990-5535. That's 02-990-5535. Or email us at soul, S-O-U-L, at thehumanenterprise.com.au. I'm Paul Mitchell, speaker and author. Until next time, be true to you.